This episode, our annual review of 2023 and a preview of what's to come next year. JECpodcast.com. Well, hello and welcome to the Jaguar Enthusiast Podcast and Wayne Scott with you, not alone on this episode because, as is now tradition here on the podcast, we get together the team for a bit of an end of year review, looking back on all the amazing things that happened in the world of Jaguar in 2023 and also giving you some cheeky teases for what is to look forward to in 2024. So joining me on the podcast for this episode, which by the way, episode 99 of the JEC podcast, I'm not quite sure how big the party's going to be for 100, uh, but we're planning it at the moment. On the call for episode 99 is James Blackwell, general manager of the Jaguar Enthusiast Club, Ray Ingman, our tamed racing driver. He's here as well. Colin Porter, who runs Tracksport, of course, and Richard West, who fronts up the events team within the Jaguar Enthusiast Club because so much of our highlights throughout 2023 were indeed events. So uh, starting with you, James, you're looking forward to a nice break, I'm sure, because it has been a busy year in 2023. And it all started fairly early on with a series of meets, including a breakfast meet with swallows, didn't it? It did, yeah. Hi, Wayne. I'm trying to think back that far, in fairness. It has been a really, really busy year. And um, as always, everybody involved has, has worked their socks off with uh, plenty of planning. And I'm not the only one that's that's looking forward to a bit of a break, that's for sure now. Um yeah, breakfast meet down at Swallows. Um, we had uh, an evening as well at Caffeine and Machine. Um, again, just some really nice light informal meets to get people used to getting back out um, whilst it was still dark and still very wintry early in the year. And describe what happens at Jaguar Enthusiast Club headquarters during those winter months because we're very visible out in the summer, of course, when all the events are happening. But what is going on behind the scenes during the winter months? What are the priorities for the team? What are you all working on? The winter months always used to be a bit of a quiet month and it's where you sort of stop, reflected, cleared the office up and sort of just caught yourself up a bit. And there is still a lot of that going on, particularly where we've, we've done so much through this year. But essentially, actually, it's where most of the planning really now takes place and and in getting those ideas and thoughts that we've had throughout the year getting some real detail behind them so um you know the, the upstairs in the office re uh, karen and jane this year um they're getting ready to to welcome jerry back in february from uh, from her maternity leave um but you know essentially they're now sort of planning about what next year looks like um 30-year members badges oh we got have we got the right processes in place you know all of those kind of things that help make the office run so that we can we, we can service our members and then for myself really working closely with richard and and re you know now we're we're starting to put the you know the, the meat on the bones as it were so our viz wall our, our now famous viz wall is, is really starting to build now so we can see where we're going to be who's going to be going where what resources do we need to get in you know is that things is it people um and that kind of thing now so yeah it doesn't uh, it doesn't slow up um, it just gets busy in a very different way now i always think of uh, cartoons when you mention visual it always reminds me of cartoon book uh, but it's far more serious than that isn't it it's 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 laying out exactly what you've got coming up for the year and a big basically just a big planner on one wall in the office that everyone sort of has an input into isn't it yeah it really is and it really is exactly what it says it's a real visual representation of of what we're doing and what it looks like and 
you know i am a very visual learner so for me it's it's a really simple one somebody asks me a question i look over my right or left shoulder depending on which which board i've got to look at and there's the answer for me about where we are and it it makes those questions of what are we doing on this date you know we've we got anything going on it's really really simple now it's a it's a quick look and it's yes we got some it's a no no we haven't got anything great let's have a look at it let's see if we can do it and of course, Richard, at this time of year, it is planning for the year ahead. Roughly the dates are set for the calendar by the time you get into sort of November, December time. But it's now all about how you make those dates happen and what resources go into it, who's taking what flags where and putting on a high vis in which part of the country, isn't it? It is. And, and, hello again, uh, Wayne, and also to all of our members and all of our volunteers and all the people that are out there that make JEC function. Uh, a very happy Christmas to you and I hope you all have a wonderful time and also uh, very prosperous and most of all healthy and safe 2024 with everything that's going on in the world today. Um, yeah, in terms of it's really a big planner on one wall, it's actually seven planners on the wall. Um, it, it's a time when, around about August time each year, James and I and Ree and the others sit down with uh, one of our directors, Mike Young, our financial director. We look back at how the year's been performing. We also look forward to the coming year and we set our budgets um, very uh, very early in September. Clearly those budgets are finite because of the way the revenue is generated within the club from membership and advertisers and partners. And then we set out on the wall, as James says, around about October time, we photograph the year that's almost gone because in our minds it virtually has, the NEC is the last event to come before us. And then we set out, uh, in essence, the picture, as James describes it, of what the following year is going to look like. We also put in some markers for 2025, which is a bit scary, when we start to look at dates. And we look at those events, as James says, as a skeletal sort of framework for the year for the membership ahead. But then, of course, we carefully look at those events, how we make those events where possible cost neutral. In some areas, some of those events become profitable, which puts money back into the club, which is a non-for-profit organisation, means we can increase benefits for our members. And we build on it from there. So it's actually a lot of people, when I used to work in Formula One and sports car racing, would ask me the question, they said, oh, what do you guys do now the season's over? Well, truthfully, it's the same within the JEC. That's the real work period for the club when we make sure that all of those things are in place and we go out and do site visits. James, Ray and I have already been out to the uh, hotel for the 40th on four occasions. We've had meetings with JDHT to look at what vehicles we can add interest and we've also been of course at the British Motor Museum and Gaiden looking at the actual venue already on how we lay out the area and of course make sure that you've got your big screen and your big stage there so that you can keep everybody in fraud throughout the actual day on the Sunday. Well, this is the Jag Enthusiast podcast review of 2023 with the full team from the Jag Enthusiast Club that, of course, published this podcast for you. You can find out more about the club at jc.org.uk. And hello to all of you listening in on Spotify as well. Streaming on Spotify we are now. And uh, it's great to have all sorts of different audiences joining us here uh, to talk about Jaguars and the love of that great British motoring brand uh, that underpins all of our passions here. If you're joining us for the first time and you're into Jaguars, do join the club. 
check out all the information on that website also all of the information on the events we're discussing here can be found on there jc.org.uk forward slash events and james it was a nice start to the year with a kind of late winter meeting as you described there with swallows our partners at caffeine and machine but breakfast meetings becoming increasingly popular and of course there was one up north as well in march at the motorist a new venue you went it was quite a nice place wasn't it breakfast meets they're excellent people seem to be really short of time now um so breakfast meet particularly one that lasts well into lunchtime is just seem to be growing in popularity you only have to have a quick look on social media to see the rise of them um so it's it's a it's a new format for us in terms of looking to support and get involved with in, over the past few years. But they really are that. It just allows people to pop in. If they just want to have a coffee and a roll before they make their way, great. Um, so it, it's just a nice and formal way there. And it was nice to, to visit a new venue um, up in the Motorist. And it really is a you know a tremendous van- venue. They've, they've clearly invested a lot of money in it. Um, but everything from the you know when you arrive there and you you see the car park all nicer laid out and then you you go and enjoy the cafe in the shop you know it it really is well done it's really well put together and it it is certainly a venue that don't appear to sort of take any shortcuts you know if they're going to do it they do it properly um and it was yeah a really excellent day for us it was a really nice one to go and support it was it, it was a, a real low resource cost you know I, I hate sort of saying these ones but it was a nice easy one Ree and I popped up for the weekend um spent the day spoke to lots of people signed up a a good number of new members which was really exciting for us um before we made our way back home um but yeah an excellent venue and hopefully as soon as we get the date confirmed we return to in 2024 if i'm allowed to say that already I know it's a, a great amusement to our American listeners here on the podcast uh, when we say things like it was good to go and see our members in the north who often don't have <laughs> events in their area because to our American listeners anything under 500 miles is local but here in the UK for some reason people don't like to travel much so uh, it was a nice northern venue wasn't it for those in the north that didn't want to travel to some of the events elsewhere in the country and it was important to get that split going on between caffeine and machine in the midlands there and the motorist up near york absolutely and you know one of the challenges every year is finding the right venue and finding places that can deliver what what we need as a club and what our members want to engage in and there aren't as many as people like to say sadly you know there are some really good venues out there but finding one that can can host the numbers that we like that that we we know will turn up to our event but also do it well um is a challenge so when one comes up nicely it's come up in Leeds you know hopefully we want to make that a, a, a permanent fixture on our calendar and uh, you know it, it's it's good to have a venue which we know we can return to time and time again in a part of the country where we we don't necessarily get to visit quite so often absolutely well of course we are all about being part of the wider historic vehicle community here in the JEC and doing our bit to raise the profile of historic vehicles and that's what we do in the last weekend of every April of course the FBHVC's Drive It Day a very important fixture in the calendar for all clubs and for anyone involved in the historic vehicle community in the UK and 2023 was no different huge numbers of Jaguars heading out mainly 
mainly for regional events. And of course, the JC has over 50 regions across the UK looking after Jaguar activities in those very localised areas. Combined with all of the other guys who got out uh, from various clubs and different parts of the historic motoring world, we raised £50,088 for the NSPCC's One Unforgettable Day for Childline. And the Childline service, incredibly uh, important here in the UK, looking after the mental health and the well-being of our young people. And it's a way of promoting the historic vehicle world of course getting classic cars in front of the general public and gaining their support for us in the future but also showing that as a movement as a community we are able to put something back contribute to wider society if you like so uh, that was a wonderful fixture and of course uh, the magazine and the podcast covering so many of the different regional events for drive it day that we had in 2023 we'll be doing it again in 2024 the 21st of april in fact in 2024 and you can buy your plates that all go towards that charitable final figure via driveitday.co.uk For the JEC, though, it was the start of another fantastic season, not just of car shows, but of track days as well. And it was the second full season for the Jag Enthusiast Club's track sport programme. And Colin, it all began, did it not, at Castle Coombe? It's good to be back on the podcast. Castle Coombe was fantastic. Um, It just seems, you know, not that long ago, we were bathed in sunshine um, down there in Wiltshire. A beautiful, beautiful historic venue, Castle Coombe. What a day we had. Stakeholders contributed so much to Castle Coombe. You know, our friends at Swallows Racing, at Jaguar Daimler Heritage Trust, and, and we had New Barn Racing involved for the first time. Totally unforgettable was the site of that XJR9 being based around the track by an XJR15. We created our own little bit of history um, there. I think it was the first time those two cars had ever been on track together. And it was just an amazing sight for those people. I don't think they'll ever forget that. Goosebump inducing, I would describe it as. And as you quite rightly say, it was the first time those two cars were seen together, the XJR9, the car number two that won at Le Mans in 1988 with Johnny Dumfries, Jan Lammers and Andy Wallace at the wheel, of course, was straight after that race in 1988, donated to the Jaguar Daimler Heritage Trust. And they've had that car ever since, was restored by TWR themselves, given to the trust. And this is the thing, isn't it, with the track sport events, Colin? It's not just about people turning up for a track day throwing their own car around the circuit and going away with worn brake pads and tires it's about a full experience of the history of jaguar seeing some amazing cars and also getting some passenger rides thrown in there as well we're trying to create a, a very very inclusive event with track sport it's open to all of our members to come along whether they want to take their cars on track or not um, come along and see some fantastic things as you say have a passenger ride um, and get to experience what it's like um, to go out on track you know with some some really good um, drivers and to experience uh, some fantastic cars and and we've done that in abundance I think in in 2023 you know especially kicking off at Castle Coombe we also had another spectacular site at Castle Coombe something that really lives long in the memory for for me it's the site of the F-Type raid uh, and and those cars snaking up over the Avon rise 
you know, I, I think we had at least 30 or 40 F-Type out on track together um, to celebrate the 10th anniversary of the F-Type. For one of us here on this podcast, that particular day at Castle Coop was quite emotional. In fact, I have it on good authority that he still hasn't stopped shaking after that event. Uh, Richard, it was an incredible moment for you, wasn't it, to get back into the XJR15, a car that you were involved with at TWR, way back in the early 90s, of course, when they were built for not only customers to go racing, but also some racing legends to compete in as part of the Intercontinental Challenge back in those days. And you hadn't been anywhere near the inside of that car since those early 1990s days but we put you in it at Castle Coombe in April 2023 and you got to lap that famous circuit following that number two car that won at Le Mans in 1988. Have you stopped dreaming about that moment yet? Uh, you know Wayne because you interviewed me as we came to a standstill and I mean I have to say it was one of the highlights of my motorsport and automotive career. I I'd been fortunate, as you say, to be involved with the programme, uh, which was headed up by Andy Morrison, a man who you've met you know, not so long ago, who exposed all the paperwork and the trail of how that car came to be. And in fact, the R9R, as it, that car is known, is owned by one of our own great supporters, Andrew Maynard from the West Country, who kindly offered Tom Robinson the chance to drive it with me in the passenger seat. Um, as time takes its toll, it was a bit more of a squeeze for me to get into the car than it was when I went in it with Tom Walkinshaw. But it, it was an incredible experience because it still remains, it is one of the great supercars uh, that was ever built. It was built for that racing series and under the Jaguar Sport banner, it did those three events at Spa, Monte Carlo and Silverstone with a million pound prize at the end of it. But honestly, the car is now still, it's hard to sit in it and look at it and think, wow, this car was built all those years ago because 50 of them were ultimately produced with several uh, Le Mans uh, long tail versions of them by TWR Special Vehicle Operations. You covered it in incredible detail in one of the early issues of the new magazine, the Jaguar Enthusiast magazine. But to actually be in it and be behind the car that won Le Mans, having been a member of the team that won a Daytona and the Le Mans 24 hour race in 1990. It's an experience that will stay with me until the day I pass and hopefully if there is something in the next life it will stay with me in that memory as well. Because to be alongside Tom tucked in behind the Lammers Dumfries Wallace car going round Castle Coombe on those laps, it evokes so, so many memories and you know fortunately it was videoed, it's available on my own Instagram feed, uh, I think it's available elsewhere on YouTube. And we did a great job of really recording the history of that car and you know what it represents for Jaguar and TWR from that era. And there it was, uh, and I was lucky enough to be right, as you say, strapped into the car for five laps. And uh, as I say, something I'll never ever forget. It was a unique opportunity and my, my thanks go not only to Andrew Maynard for making the car available, but for JDHT, of course, who turned up that day with the wonderful R9, which was a surprise to us all. And it was used as a shakedown to take that car shortly after that out to Le Mans and take part in the Le Mans 100 parade, which there's a lovely little quick story on that. I was talking to the boys at JDHT the other day and the cars were all lined up in the pit lane and in the you know paddock area ready to go out for that 100th Le Mans celebration. And uh, when one of the Porsches didn't start very easily, Jock, our man from JDHT, was driving the car. He said, I couldn't miss the opportunity. He said, I had to snip it in front of a Porsche just to let them know what the real view looked like from behind. So that was what was done. But no, a, a great year 
for that R9 and that's now having some rebuild work done back at the Heritage Centre and it's got to have a new bank tank and several other things. So if anybody out there feels like making a donation to the JDHT, that will all help in getting that car ready to do more track miles in the future as well. Well, I wonder if the Porsche had to stop because it had run out of fuel, just like Klaus Ludwig did in the 1988 race. Who knows? <laughs> you never know. But apparently Derek Bell still doesn't send him a Christmas card, I'm told, on good authority. No, uh, if no. you want to hear just how emotional that moment was for Richard, you can hear the interview that we did here on the podcast. Just scroll back to episode 88, where we were live from Castle Coombe, talking to not only Richard, but some of the other people that were there enjoying the track day as well, enjoying some of the passenger rides the hot laps with the racing drivers that we organised, enjoying that spectacle of those two special cars, but also getting some instructions, some top tips on how to get the very best lines around Castle Coombe. And I think it was one of our most popular episodes in 2023, this particular podcast, because I got in the passenger seat on board live and recording with our tame racing driver, Ray Ingman, uh, of course, who comes to all of our track sport events as a qualified arts instructor to help you get the best out of your Jaguar experience at our track days safely and to gain more skills and uh, well we had a good run around Castle Coombe didn't we Ray and you told me all of the top secrets so I had to get a fast lap yeah we certainly did Wayne it's, this is very strange talking to you and we're not sitting beside each other zipping around there or Blyton or somewhere or other I'm not sure how to get used to this <laughs> um, anyway uh, sort of happy Christmas to everybody out there I've met at events and probably more so to those who haven't met me. It is important for us here at the JC not to just throw people out on track and say get on with it but actually to get come away from those days having learnt something and actually from what you can instruct us with being able to get round the circuit quicker but safely as well. Um, it, it must be a good thing for you to see the progress of some of our regulars coming who perhaps are a bit nervous of the circuit, uh, novices if you like, and then see them develop their skills and become sort of seasoned track day goers in a way. Yeah, yeah, we do have a very high take up of people returning. And yeah, I, even after all these years, I haven't actually become jaundiced about it all. It's, it's a lovely thing to experience, you know, when you see somebody that realises that Jaguar actually produced some cars that not only are very good road cars, but can equip themselves very well with only, say, the tyres pumped up on your average racetrack. And again, the way we run the track sport events, it's safety is paramount and we police overtaking and what have you. So it's a, a very safe environment to do it. And again, we try and give instruction, not only from me, but um, particularly at Coombe, we had Tim, uh, um, a Castle Coombe instructor there, because frankly there are too many people to, you know, my cloning experiment hasn't gone terribly well, so we have to bring in others occasionally. But no, it's a real pleasure, and I've got to meet some lovely people, um, and we've had uh, father and daughter, father and son teams and what have you, and they get competitive be between themselves. It's, it's quite amusing to look on and see how later on in the day they come over and have a chat and uh, see how they've developed from somebody that was very dubious about going out on track at all to somebody that can't wait for the next event. What's your approach with someone who comes to a track day new then and you sit in the passenger seat of their car? What's the first things that you advise them to do? How do you go about looking after someone who's perhaps never been out on track before? What are those initial ste steps? 
I thought you were asking me what I did. I curl up in a ball and hide in the footwell <laughs> and close my eyes. And no, my that, that's what I do when I'm trying to record an interview with you going around the circuit, Ray, because what Ray does is he likes to try and see if he can scare me. That's what he likes to do. Nonsense, Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> I the thought. Why would I do such a thing? The thing is that often we have this system that we have sort of priority queuing for people waiting instruction in order that we can be very fair and do it in order and that gives me a chance usually to get in the car beside them have a chat about the car see if they've got any previous experience and what have you ask them what they'd like to get out of the day or their experience and uh, you know such questions as that to kind of break the ice and calm them down um and then we we just don't you know i generally try and put them at their ease that uh, it's all quite simple i think you probably found if you if you sort of joking aside for a moment when we've we've gone round together i try and show the smoothest lines around the circuit which is the most efficient way of driving and puts you in no chance whatsoever of having a problem in any way shape or form and usually the way i do it is take them out for a few go out with them for a few laps on very very rare occasions i'll sometimes actually drive for a couple of laps just to sort of show them but then usually we tackle that earlier in the day by doing a kind of what we call ducks and drakes thing, whereby I'm driving the course car and a number of a number of the uh, entrants to the day follow round to get some idea of the geography of the circuit and the lines, so they're not too overawed by being out there. Um, and then we do some laps, and then really I sort of judge when they've sort of had enough, and then we can come back into the paddock have a chat about it and then maybe see them a little bit later on in the day and take the progression from there it's a great addition to the track day and it gives us the ability to bring people through the club put them on track build skills and confidence and give an opportunity of doing something that actually to be quite honest between you and me listening folks is actually very expensive if you're trying to do it somewhere else so through the jc and the track sport program of events you can get access to so much skills and knowledge and and tuition that you just would have to pay a fortune for frankly anywhere else and that's not to mention all of the different cars and displays that we have on there as well Um, more track sport talk to come as we look through our highlights of 2023 on this the final podcast of the year and what i do every year is get the team together and look at some of the things we've enjoyed the most over the past 12 months there were some new events as well in the calendar for this year Uh, the lucas classic at shelsey walsh took place in june Uh, there was also the return of the bista track day uh, where we took young people out in several members cars and the cars of the jaguar daimler heritage trust as well to give them a, a an initial taste of jaguar motoring uh, on the safety of the bista test track there if they'd never driven a jaguar before and that was a really successful day uh, but a slight different approach james wasn't there to uh, what would officially be the big event of the summer usually it's the summer jaguar festival and of course returns in 2024 we'll tell you more about that in just a moment but this year it was a partnership between ourselves and the big national motor museum at Bewley, and we had a fantastic day out at simply jaguar in the sunshine didn't we 
Yes, um, and I think the only complaint I've I've had about that event was that uh, it would have been nice if we could have turned the uh, the weather down just a little bit. <laughs> yes, yes. I have to say, I was out on the concrete sort of pad, if you like, the display area in the middle of Bewley's uh, uh, show section, if you like, uh, just under where the tram goes over, and it's like a big like dust bowl and concrete car park there it's the only time i've ever been sunburned on the bottom of my chin from the reflections off the road it was proper hot wasn't it it was it was a fabulous day you know if the if the stars really lined for us on that event and they all came together we had great weather um time of the year was good as well so we, you know we, we ended up with a, a fantastic turnout of, of jaguars um, on the day, which was um, yeah, I would say is what we expected. It's what we hoped would happen to um, to really sort of take advantage there of a of a big Jaguar audience, not just our own members, but a, a wider Jaguar community turning up to enjoy that event, um, and for us to be a a big part of it to show the Jaguar community what we do and introduce ourselves, but also um, you know to give our members. A fantastic selection of things to enjoy on the days um, with, with all the, the museums and activities that the museum provides and it was it was great for us it, you know it was, it was a, a different approach for us last year I know we spoke about it in, in great detail you know to to be a little bit careful with the club's uh, resources and, and money and time in you know a year we didn't know what was going to happen so to turn up at that event and uh, and, and have the event we did was fantastic even if the uh, the venue i the airbnb i i got for us all didn't have any uh, bedroom doors just some <laughs> thick curtains which i'm sure will uh, will uh, will haunt me forever it but, was all very um, grand yeah. designs wasn't it james that's what i liked about <laughs> that place it was i felt like kevin was back with us once again and uh, we were walking around <laughs> one of his project properties there was as james describes no doors just a, a mere small curtain between us all uh, i didn't bother me at all it did bother some of the other people when apparently someone was talking in their sleep i'm not quite sure who that was it certainly would never have been me i'm certain of it yeah, less less said about that the better. It was uh, no, it, it was it was a nice one. And actually, also another really good way of highlighting how we try and save money when we do these things. You know, it was it was far more cost effective to put us all up in a in in that environment where we could all be together though. But it was far more cost effective than trying to find a hotel on the south coast in the middle of summer um for, for that many people that we need to bring along to put on these events um well, so you know we're always mindful how we we uh, we look after those those costs. But of course it was an opportunity for us all to come together as a club and celebrate some key anniversaries and we had loads of anniversaries this year uh years ending in three seem to be had been very busy years at jaguar uh let me see if i can remember them all we had the anniversary of the s-type saloon launched in 1963 we had the 75th anniversary of the xk engine launched at the earls court motor show in 1948 and of course the xk 120 itself uh, we also celebrated the uh xjs cabriolet and the arrival of the six cylinder engines into the xjs range uh, with a whole lineup of 3.6 cabriolets at Bewley. Uh, we also celebrated, of course, the first of the all-aluminium saloons mass-produced by Jaguar, the X350 series that arrived in 2003 for Jaguar. Also, XJ Coupes, those beautiful pillarless coupe versions of the uh, early XJ range that arrived in 1973. And, of course, we had the Broadspeed um, touring car there that just looked magnificent in the sunshine drew a massive crowd uh, throughout the weekend at Bewley 
and that was a real nice way of putting all of those cars together into a special display and making superstars of the owners that brought them for us all to enjoy wasn't it james it was and actually you know it, in some respects it's been a real members year this year in terms of how we've approached trying to do displays and get cars on on uh, for, to celebrate these uh, these anniversaries and we've we've really tried to make the, the member and the members car the central focus of those celebrations and uh, yeah they turned out in their droves it was lovely to see a number of those xk120s and and uh, the early xks turning up being uh, being driven and they were they were used cars you know they, they, a lot of these were not trailer you know they weren't trailered in there were a lot of cars there which you wouldn't normally expect to be driven um all driven to, to come and enjoy and it was it was the, the right location to do it as well surrounded by all that other motoring history as well and everyone's shouting at me the anniversary that i forgot now which is the f-type 10th anniversary that's what i missed out there uh, very very important this year of course because the f-type whilst it's celebrating its 10th anniversary launched as a convertible in 2013 is also announced as ending in 2024 and tracksport went on to go up north to yorkshire in fact and the stunning surroundings of the wharfdale valley and it's harewood hill climb and it's not just all about banging round race circuits here you see we occasionally go to hill climb courses as well and harewood colin is a unique venue isn't it it's not only brilliant because it's the longest and one of the oldest hill climb courses in the country but it's also stunning because you stand at the top of the paddock there looking out across the most amazing views of the yorkshire dales absolutely wayne and um when Rianne and I um, set up on the on the Friday, the weather was absolutely glorious, and you could see for absolutely miles. <laughs> Unfortunately, we had a, we had a we had a little thunderstorm on the Saturday, <laughs> but that, that you know that didn't dampen the spirits, did it? And um, we had a fantastic turnout, an absolutely fantastic turnout again for Harewood, and and we framed it as our, our, our picnic on the hill and. Now, the weather did clear uh, for a bit and people did enjoy their picnics as well. Airwood is a real family day. You know, family and friends come along and um, experience what it's like um, to do a track sport uh, event. It's, it's a very friendly, soft introduction to doing, um, you know, a, a, a track sport event. You, you don't require a helmet for that event. You can... Um, pay for extra runs on the day and it's something that everybody could do you know you're on the track on your own and we had cars there from you know, xk120 as you said 75th anniversary 1948 all the way through to to current uh, as you know you you and i were down the bottom there taking photographs and when i went through all my photographs and and you know, zoomed in on them the, the grinning faces from the drivers and their passengers as, as they zoom up the hill and you know they, they go blatting through the farmyard which is a surreal experience so that really makes it for me is to see those, those smiling faces and how much enjoyment they're getting from driving the jaguars well it was a highlight of mine for the summer because I'd been promised for some time a drive of the Palmer Sport XK that Swallows bring to pretty much every one of our track sport rounds. And uh, 
it, it, we've sort of discussed it in passing for probably 18 months and they said Wayne you need to drive the Palmer Sport XK you need to go and do some of the passenger hot laps people need to get in with you it'll be great fun you, you need to do it yeah yeah it's never really quite happened uh, until Harewood happened and finally I had a bit of time to actually be available to do this so I strapped myself into the Palmer Sport XK uh, took out some people for some hot laps up there showed them the way up the track and uh, you know some of the techniques are getting some speed in that car up there and typical for my luck really not only is that a big car to hustle around a quite narrow uh, hill climb like Harewood is especially through the farmyard there where if you're going properly it feels like it all closes in on you it's really exhilarating but also of course as i unleash the nearly 500 horsepower of the jaguar xk off the start line the heavens opened and it was literally a deluge of rain torrential rain in this car uh, which had as tom put it as i headed down um some rather challenging brakes um brakes that were right at the bottom of the pedal travel you had to push very very hard and then suddenly everything locked that kind of thing uh so it was really exhilarating for me i don't think i've concentrated that hard in quite a long time uh to try and thread that very big powerful car through that very narrow uh, little course at harewood but everyone who rode in with me had a great time i'm sure and a wonderful privilege to be able to drive the palmer sport xk four swallows and do all of those passenger hot laps uh, only a few people screamed from the passenger seat i have to say more people screamed with tom because he kind of got the project eight a little bit sideways on occasion uh, but the pressure's off when you're at harewood hill climb it's really lovely because you're the only car out on the course you're not going to meet anyone in any direction and you're not actually even wearing helmets because of course we're not against the clock we're not really racing we're just enjoying the track within its safe limits and that is the beauty of that course and and as colin says it's that's what makes it so so relaxing so uh, next time i'll take ray round you'll be all right with that ray won't you uh, I think I'm busy that day. <laughs> Are you washing your hair again? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a bit that's there. There's been another big addition to our Tracksport programme for 2023, hasn't there? And that's the fact that if you're a member of the Jaguar Enthusiast Club now and you want to take your Jaguar on any one of these track days, if you're ever worried about what sort of insurance cover you might have, now the club have you covered through Jaguar Enthusiast Club Insurance. And this was the first sort of full year of the club's new insurance scheme, wasn't it? It was, yeah. A really good point there, Wayne. We give Peter James our list of tracks for events for the year. And then um, if you are signed up to the Jaguar Enthusiast Insurance Scheme, um, you don't need to pay any extra to, uh, to to take part in those. You just need to let them know which of the JC tracks for events you are doing in advance. And um, yeah, you are, you are all covered under their insurance, obviously. Uh, terms and conditions apply you'd have to check with them what you how it's covered and how that works for you but um, another real sort of benefit which helps members enjoy as colin just said there beautifully you know, getting out and just driving your car and enjoying it and using it yeah the pressure's off you don't have to worry we've got your back we've got you covered and uh, if you need any help getting around the circuit don't worry because ray's there to look after you as well it's everything you need from a track day package in track sport and you can find out more about all of the events that we've got in 2024 by going online at jc.org.uk forward slash tracksport very exciting announcement of the first season opener event for 2024 in just a moment uh, but james more widely as well the insurance scheme 
is a huge benefit now to membership of the Jaguar Enthusiast Club, isn't it? And like so many things, there are a few people that uh, probably, you know, don't fit into the sort of demographic, if you like. But generally speaking, it has transformed the membership benefits of being a member of this club. Yeah, it was, you know, it was the right decision to design a scheme that, that suited, that was designed for the club and its members. Um, as opposed to sort of trying to offer a suite as we had in the past for so many years. So to put together a scheme specifically aimed at, um, at supporting our members was, was again, you know, it was another big decision for us at the end of 2022 into 23. But it, it's, you know, the, the numbers are, are showing that it, it's been well received with our members. Um, it, it won't fit everybody. You know, it's insurance at the end of the day. We, you know, we'd love to make a scheme that suits absolutely all of our members. And sadly, we just we just can't do that. So we, we have to feel create what we feel is the best scheme for as many of our members as possible. Um, you know, and there have been some fantastic results out there um, in terms of, of, of getting our members up and supported on that scheme. We meet regular with the uh, the guys at Peter James who are always looking at how we can improve it, taking the feedback from our members and and seeing if there's a way that we can we can make extend those benefits so we can provide more cover to more of our members. So it's not something we're sitting still on. Uh, we'd still like to see some more development over time. And again, you know, Peter James are a, a big, fantastic supporter of the club and have been for many many years. Um, so it's great to, to again have that relationship and that working relationship and engagement with with a key partner of the club. It's an insurance scheme designed by members of the Jaguar Enthusiast Club for Jaguar Enthusiast Club members. It's tailored to your needs and you need to feedback on it. You can do by just simply getting in touch with them via the website at jc.org.uk forward slash insurance. There's a phone number on there. There's a quick quote system as well, which you can scan a QR code from the classified section of the magazine or follow the links from the website there to access. So if you're doing that sort of fantasy garage thing with a glass of wine at night and you're wondering how much it might insure for through the club, then you can find that out very quickly. Uh, all the details online in the magazine for you. And I mentioned the magazine because that was another big step forward this year and of course Nigel Thorley the editor of 39 years retired to put his feet up for a well-earned rest so it was an opportunity to do different things with the magazine and it's quite safe to say James isn't it that uh, it's probably one of the biggest projects the club undertook this year oh, I don't think it's probably safe to say it really was safe to say and let's be <laughs> honest this wasn't a project that started this year this has been yeah. um, you know it's taken us a while to get to the point that we got to, ready to launch fresh in, in August. Um, it was a big decision, um, a very brave decision at the time to invest rather than look at how we could save some money or cut some corners, which you know, which was some of the decisions we'd taken in the past. So it was it was a brave decision. Um, a lot of work went into the background, you know, find the right print partners, find the right editor, um, you know, all of those things. You know, we, we looked at the whole thing afresh um from in the whole supply chain and it's 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 not just a case of bringing a magazine to the front now you know we we are in complete control of that supply chain from top to bottom so a complete sea change not just in delivering what the now lands with the members but how it operates in the background how we manage it in the background as well it, it's been a massive undertaking um and well you know i think the results speak for themselves 
Well, it's been a huge project. Uh, that editor that you mentioned is, of course, myself. Uh, but it's not just me. There's a team around me as well. Mike Manconi, who does the amazing design work that we have on the magazine. And also a very valuable sub-editor, Ray Ingman. Uh, so when you're not blatting around circuits, Ray, you're also sub-editing the magazine with me. Um, I definitely think we need to start cloning you as well. It's been a great project, hasn't it, rolling out a new magazine? Yeah, it's It's been... Uh really the highlight of my year to work more closely with you you know honestly say sub editing is you know i don't know where i'm ever going to go from here it's fulfilled my life's ambition <laughs> all, all in one go but i'm joking aside no it i'm i'm very proud of what we've achieved and it has been very good working with you because uh, i think we're taking the magazine to truly sort of newsstand uh production values whilst still retaining the club element which i think is tremendously important absolutely it's something that i wanted to do from the very start really was not to lose the club element and actually we've got more of the club in the magazine than ever before in terms of the reports and the regions making features out of the events that they do but also it's important that the magazine covers a lot of jaguar heritage telling stories from jaguar's history featuring cars in much more detail and one of the features that you'll find within jaguar enthusiast if you join the jaguar enthusiast club and you come and get this magazine which is free by the way for your membership and it's it's a big job i mean it's a weighty old thing uh, and you get all that all free every single month when you join the club within there is a kind of a play on words in a certain way uh, a feature i'm quite proud of because it's about the members it's about the enthusiasts of jaguar that are out there in the world it's a feature we call driven and it features a car now you might be thinking this is the same old school style uh, driving uh, test and a review of how a car gets down the road but it's not it's me being driven by a particular member who has a really interesting story either behind the car that we're being driven in or indeed throughout their life and we've had some really interesting people and some really stunning cars in fact over the past six months since we launched the new format of the magazine so you can get it of course free with your membership when you join up at jc org.uk Jaguar Enthusiast magazine 180 pages of loveliness into your letterbox every single month throughout the year more events unfolded more track sport events of course as well and if you're into your concours it's not just about going around race circuits in this club there's a lot of polishing goes on as well Salon Privé of course a mainstay of the JEC's calendar happened in early September as did uh, Hampton Court, which takes place over the same week, and people chop and change between the two during that week. And that week was rounded off for us, at least, on the Sunday, uh, with the Jaguars at Gaydon event with the JDHT, a great opportunity for all of the clubs to come together, celebrate Jaguars heritage in the heart of where the heritage began in the Midlands there, in the very car park of the British Motor Museum in the Jaguar Daimler Heritage Trust collection. A wonderful event that uh, moves to the 22nd of September in 2024, towards the end of the month this time. Details on the Jaguar Daimler Heritage Trust website on that one. Track Sport returns for the final event of 2023, and it was a different format, Colin, wasn't it, this year? Thruxton, and a chance to go sideways a lot, and experienced some different vehicles that were not just Jaguars as well. Yeah, that's right, Wayne. Um, we decided um, 
do something slightly different and take a, a different approach. One of the things that um, I've talked to uh, a lot of members about, and you know, when I'm at events, this is what I what I kind of do is is kind of gauge opinion and and, and talk to our members about what they want um, and what where they would like to see Tracksport go. One of the one of the bits of feedback I had was that. Um, there were people that wanted to involve with track sport, wanted to get out on track, not necessarily in their own car. So um, I sat down with the guys at, at Thruxton, um, which is a fabulous venue, uh, amazing track, the, the, the quickest track in the country. And I sat down with them and said, is there something that we could build with you would be a unique event for our members and offer them the chance to drive a variety of vehicles and learn a number of new skills. And what they came up with was uh, using some of their own cars, using the members' cars as well. Um, we had an opportunity to drive a skip pan, which, you know, they learned some really, really useful real life um, driving skills by driving the skip pan their own car and seeing how it reacted. We did an auto solo in the, uh, the aforementioned um, SKR that you, you drove at Harewood. It's going in and out of a cone circuit um, around a large um, tarmac area. Then we had a four by four experience. So you got to drive uh, a Land Rover Defender and uh, Suzuki uh, Jimny's um, uh, over a four by four course. Uh, again, learning some real, real um, new skills, starting in Thruxton's uh, supercarts. So the 350cc, you, you, you're doing 60 miles an hour around a cart circuit. When you're sat that close to the ground, it feels mighty, mighty quick. And then they also got to drive an F-type around, as I said, the fastest circuit in the UK. A, a James experience that day uh, himself. And, um, you know, I, I think he'll tell you what a fantastic day it was. You're quite right. It really was, actually. Um, there's something very different about experiencing all those different ways of learning to drive and different skills. You know, you say learning different things. Um, you know, the, the Land Rovers were at, say, uh, I can't remember, at a 30-odd 30, 30 degree angle, and they can go a lot more, apparently. And, well, you know, it, it seems odd. You felt like you were going to tip at any moment. But what was really astonishing from that was was understanding all the various different ones that we did actually the, the cars are supremely capable you know far more capable than i am as a driver or or some of the others and having the faith in that technology and what they can do was really was an eye-opener in, in that being able to just do so many different things in the day a you never bored but also you, you know i just came out of it having learned a lot um and, and just you know got a different look at all those various different um, elements of driving i would say skill but I, I blatantly don't have any but um you know those different driving experiences the skid pan you know sort of learning to let go of your steering wheel as you were going around in in circles was very anti you know anti-intuitive counterintuitive i should say um but worked you know it really was an eye-opener fantastic day and one that i hope we do again in the future because it, it a lot of people got a lot of value from that day and the variety made a huge difference 
We're building a picture of the events that you can enjoy as a Jag Enthusiast Club member here on the JEC podcast, where we're reviewing 2023 at the moment with the full team. We look back on some of our highlights from the year that's just been and sharing with you, if you missed out on some of these, just how fun these events actually were. There was also another track day back in July that Tracksport put on at Blyton Park, wonderful venue up in Lincolnshire, again, serving different audiences in different parts of the country and a track that lends itself very nicely to our novice day where we allow people to come on and just have a little bit more time and space on track to build their confidence of course then a little bit later on in the summer silverstone festival returned on august bank holiday another event that grows and uh, becomes even more bigger and exciting as the years go on and as a jaguar enthusiast exhibitor and you can be one of those by the way by simply booking your tickets using the discount codes in jaguar enthusiast magazine which are published or indeed via the events website at jc.org.uk forward slash events use that code your car gets into our special vip parking area which quite simply has the best view of the track anyone's got you can sit in your car and you can watch the racing from inside your car through your own very windscreen uh, because we basically inhabit cops corner the banking on the inside of cops corner there uh, with the uh, jaguar enthusiast club marquee and uh, everyone parks together and has a jolly nice time so bookings for that already open for 2024 a great event that is and so many other regional events that happen through the summer as well one highlight that ian newman our regional uh, lead would have uh, talked about endlessly if he'd have been here with us on the podcast because it's so brilliant an event of course is jaguars at parham Uh, wonderful venue down there in Sussex Parham House stunning surroundings a wonderful place to gather with your Jaguars and meet friends of old and details are already online for the 2024 edition of that Uh, that's in August uh, in the year to come so uh, some great events here and then it all kind of rounds up with the NEC James doesn't it and this is the big season closer really for most of the historic vehicle world and traditionally we've had some pretty important cars cars that we've brought in sometimes from the jaguar daimler heritage trust and others but this year it was a stand that purely represented cars owned by members of this club absolutely and as i mentioned earlier on about the Bewley event you know we've made a real conscious effort this year of, of trying to to explore what our members have and to show their cars off because you know for 40 years that next year you know we've been working really hard to keep the jaguar movement and community alive you know this is this is what our members do from from the oldest cars from the swallows that we had on the the stand last year at the nec with uh, john brewster bringing that all the way up to to the most modern cars you know we our members in engage and absolutely love the brand so to repay some of that and to have a stand supplied by members cars um from the f-type right way through to that that gorgeous e-type with the uh with which you read about in the jag enthusiast magazine of course nigel kermode's epic long uh restoration uh part that ran to about 13 episodes in the magazine (laughs) and of course was built by another of our valued partners cbr restorations you can follow the full story of that restoration of nigel kermode's e-type in the magazine and we saw it in the flesh uh you can read in the january issue by the way 
away just how hard the team worked to get that car onto the stand. This is how much it means to these people to get their cars there. They worked through the night for several days to get it there, and it was a real honour to have it there as well. And also, of course, James, we had a member that won top honours on the Maguire's Club Showcase Concours as well, didn't we? Indeed, you took my thunder there as well, in fairness. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it was from one extreme to the other, really, that that event for us, because, you know, that the... That, gorgeous xk that won the Maguire's uh betting mm. show stunning and you know that car was also at Bewley. and this is what i mean you know our car their members love showing off their cars and they, they get around and they really enjoy it um and then you know you had the other extreme on our stand of course with the xj coupe which was you know a car which was a getting ready to undergo restoration so the com- opposite end of it and it was a really interesting uh piece to have on our stand because normally with these shows you associate them with shiny cars and you know they've been polished and brought up to the standard and worked really hard as is you know that conversation just had there with cbr and nigel's car there that e-type but to have a car from the other end of that showing you know that actually we are a club that help people get these cars from this stage and you know you can get them up to a, to whatever standard you want them to be in really but you know it's a really important car with lots of history and it just gave us something different to talk about in our stand as opposed to just seeing, you know, the same old standard of car or just always putting on these these pristine motors. It was, it was nice to have a, a, a real variety supported by our members this year. Absolutely. Each car representing an anniversary, of course, as well. The XK engine in the E-Type, the S-Type race car. Uh, we have the amazing Coombs XJC as well that's in restoration. Uh, my old man's XJS Cabriolet that I was very proud to take to the show and put on the stand as well. And, of course, that F-Type that we had and the stunning restoration job on that X350 as well. If you want to see these cars, if you didn't get to see us at the NEC, there is a video up on the Jaguar Enthusiast Club YouTube channel. Just search for Jaguar Enthusiast Club on YouTube. You will find us there. And I did a walk round of the 2023 exhibition for you to see there and uh, look round the cars for yourself. And that takes us really on to 2024 and an exciting year ahead. Of course, uh, one of the events I didn't mention that returns in 2024 was Super Saturday at Coventry Motor Museum. That's run by our Central West Midlands region. And they're going to do a fantastic job, as they did in a slightly different part of the year in 2023, uh, in the part of the year where it should be in 2024, if that makes any sense. And Jeff's heading that one up, isn't he, James? It's going to be a good day, that. He did, yes. And a big shout out to Jeff there for Central West Midlands. You know, he, he took that event on, which had been run uh, previously, not by us, but somebody else. And, and he, he's taken that event on and, and really led with it. Um, and the purpose of that event for Jeff is to raise money for charities. So, you know, we raised a, a good sum from that, which we um, we put together with some sums that we'd raised at other events throughout the year to uh, to put towards the, uh, the Graham Sells prostate cancer charity uh, on just giving page so it was really nice to, to to be able to do that um yeah a great and again just another a completely different style of event um in the you know in the home of jaguar so it, we couldn't not do that event and support it um but it is great you know you're there in central coventry showing off part of the history of of what at one time was one of the largest manufacturers of, of vehicles in the world Absolutely. 15th of June is the date for your diary for 2024 for Super Saturday at the Coventry Motor Museum with the Jaguar Enthusiast Club. 
2024, a very, very important year for both the JC and for all of you guys listening because it is the 40th anniversary since this club started. It all began in 1984 and it all began by offering a different club alternative for those people who use their Jaguars, perhaps worked on them themselves and indeed uh, wanted a different kind of community to gather around. 40 years on, the Jaguar Enthusiast Club is now the largest Jaguar club in the world, celebrating four decades of enhancing the ownership of these great cars. Of course, Daimlers and the Swallows included in that as well. And a huge programme of events planned, isn't there, Richard, for 2024? And some really big-hitting partners coming on board with the club to help us celebrate those 40 years as well. There are some amazing events and things uh, being planned for 2024. We literally, five hours of work prior to this podcast being recorded today was uh, a bi-monthly events meeting, and we've just been through our entire schedule for next year. Um, you're right to say new partners. We uh, welcomed a brand new partner this year to the family, and that was Atkins Ferry Wealth Management, AFWM, who have been very active. They, in fact, signed their agreement and launched their association with us at the Castle Coombe Day that we've talked so much about. And in fact, just, just another thing on that, you've talked a lot about the driving experiences today, and many of which we're offering next year. But also what's very important on those days that you, Colin and Ray, have been talking about with James is that we also have a lot of static displays and our partners come along, SNG, Barrett, Pirelli, we have the uh, Peter James insurance scheme there. So even if you're not coming along to take part in some of these activities, I would encourage people, if you've not been to any of these events, come along and meet many of the people that enhance the offerings that we have. AFWM are there to talk about later life planning, inheritance tax planning, and they can even offer a scheme whereby you can put your cars into a shell scheme that protect them against inheritance tax in the future for your dependents. And SNG Barrett have uh, extended their partnership with us to a three-year deal. We now benefit from the most preferential form of discount on the parts from SNG Barrett of any club in existence and you won't get a better discount than that other than your dealer or your independent Jaguar specialist buying the parts for you and I very much doubt they'll pass that level of discount on to you so there's a lot going on there but the purpose of the events for 2024 is to ensure that not only can you partake in them and enjoy track time in them and come along as you were describing uh, the NEC being for the members but you can also come along and meet not only like-minded people, but a range of suppliers and partners who can advise you on the best way. And in fact, Wayne, you're a great proponent of this. Many people have said, oh, you know, I've just bought a Jaguar, you know, can I become a member of the JEC? Well, if you're contemplating a Jaguar, one of the best things you can do is actually become a member of the club first, and that way you can expose your early days of Jaguar ownership to a massive range of services and expertise. CBR, you talk about that E-Type restoration project, you can come along and talk to people as part of your membership of the JEC who will advise you how to avoid some of the pitfalls and how to get the best out of your Jaguar experience, which then means, of course, you can come along as that develops and you can really enjoy yourself at this huge range of events that are being put together year on year. Absolutely. It's one of the biggest mistakes made 
amongst classic car enthusiasts. They join the club after they've bought the car and then find out all the things that they should have known before they bought it. Um, Do join us if you are looking to join the Jaguar world and you're not quite sure about the car you're looking for or you need some help to actually go and view cars in the regions there are often real techie gurus who can come along with you and look at cars and indeed we have our own partners borns that are able to do uh, pre-sale inspections for you as well on club rate so um, that including our insurance offerings and all of the knowledge and technical assistance that exists within the club just helps you to avoid the pitfalls come and learn from the club first and perhaps actually you might find the car from within the club uh, that would be much better than anything that you'd find for sale out in the general market because you know we have 16 odd pages of cars for sale in the um, magazine every month there's even more online as well so lots of great information so if you are thinking of dipping your toe and you're thinking well i won't join the club until after i've bought it it's the wrong way round we'd need to help you and uh, we'll hopefully help you avoid some of the pitfalls of buying those cars there's so much knowledge around i can really support that because in the past few years i've been in, in a, a position where I've, I've been able to to upgrade from a, from an xf diesel to a to a different xf but there was no way on earth I could afford to do it or even have bought the right car if I hadn't have used all that information and knowledge that was around in the club to make sure I got the best possible car for the money I had available. It's not because I know anything different. It's not because I've suddenly got this a huge wallet of unending money because I really don't, not with three kids. Um, you know, it, But it was because I used that knowledge and expertise that is available in the club to make sure I, I could achieve what I wanted to achieve. And, you know, I get in that car every possible day I can with a big smile on my face. So, yeah. absolutely. I mean, I've got to say, uh, in these cost-pressured times, um, I'd struggle to insure the, my cars without the club insurance schemes because that's what makes it affordable so uh, absolutely there's a there is a genuine financial benefit as well as all the social stuff and the events that we've already talked about there's a genuine financial benefit of being a member of the club it is absolutely phenomenal richard yeah and we also haven't touched upon our technical working group mike caller who has second stint in the chair of the JAC as the current chairman. Mike heads up with SNG Barrett, our technical working group, our technical working committee. And the purpose of that is if I am when you're working on your Jaguar, you obtain parts, be it through SNG Barrett's or many other suppliers that are you know listed within the JAC family. If you find a fitting problem or if you find a part that you're not particularly happy with or indeed you'd like to share your experience of that process because you maintain your own Jaguar, Mike will always respond to emails and in fact he drives our supply chain, particularly SNG Barrett, who are the partner in the Technical Working Committee. We're always looking for ways to improve fitment, to improve knowledge and that knowledge is all there for members to share in and in fact I'm very fortunate to own an X308, an X Andy Brooks car. You mentioned his fantastic X350 that was on the stand at the NEC just last month. Well Andy many moons ago restored an XJR100 and they're a particular challenge, like all you know, cars can be. And in fact, I had some questions recently. I spoke to Andy directly because he's a member of the club and also a very good friend. But also I spoke to Barrett's and I spoke to Mike Pauler on the technical committee about a particular question. And they went away and did some research and came back to me with that information. So yet again, there's yet another technical arm that we can help with. So all of that is encompassed in our fantastic events program. You, The more you come along, the more you engage in these events, the more you get to meet these people with this knowledge. 
And my point about track sport particularly is you don't have to go trackside if you don't want to. Come along, meet these people, share in their knowledge, and that will help you, A, make a decision if you've not become a Jaguar owner. <laughs> Shame on you. And if you are a Jaguar owner, you can come along and you can really benefit from their experiences at the various events we have on offer. We've nearly completed our roundup of 2023. There's just one more thing to do and that is to announce two very exciting things that you need to be at in 2024. As mentioned, it is the 40th anniversary of the Jaguar Enthusiast Club, founded in 1984. It is an excuse to celebrate, not that we need much of an excuse to celebrate around these parts. We love a good knees up, us lot. Uh, there's two fantastic events that you can get involved with. The first one, James, I shall allow you to announce because it is the big 40th anniversary and it's also excellent because it is the return drum roll please of the summer jaguar festival at last <laughs> initially these are supposed to be biannually anyway um but uh you know we you make some it becomes a success and you try and do it as often as you can yes 40 years of the jaguar enthusiast club i mean what a milestone um it, as you know there are other companies which i know also involved in the club which are going to reach the same milestone in fact a mr editor is going to reach a similar milestone yes yes i was also founded in 1984 <laughs> <laughs> yes the way to describe it well done way the summer jaguar festival you know it, it's really excited to return um my lord there's a lot of work to do when we've already done a lot but uh yeah come and join us it's the weekend of the 26th to the 28th of july in 2024 the main event will take place at the british motor museum again on Monday the 28th. Uh, tickets will go on sale in the new year as soon as we're back in the office. So first week of January, tickets will go on sale for that event uh, where we're going to take over the whole venue, all six car parks, um, plus overflow, plus any other space they can find for us. Um, if you would like to make a long weekend of it and come and join um, the activities that are going on over the weekend, then those packages also go on sale on the first week of January, um, where we'll be based at the Chesford Grange. Um, and that really is its a proper long weekend. Um, turn up on the Friday, where we'll meet and greet you and look after you right the way through to Monday morning, where you can uh, finally enjoy a final breakfast and uh, take a slow drive home after the uh, the rush hour traffic is done so plenty to go on you know there's plenty of we're going to feed and water you until you can feed and water yourself no more um, <laughs> and there's a lot to uh, yeah there's still a lot to organize and we're really excited there are some things that we're uh, we're very close to announcing but you're gonna have to bear with us so many things are just taking you know we don't want to announce them before we can absolutely 100% certain say they're going to take place. But uh, yeah, it promises to be a usual um, summer festival with bells and whistles on as we celebrate 40 years and look at what the club means and what we've done throughout those 40 years. And can I just say, I did an event at Chesford Grange in Kenilworth this year. Uh, it was an award ceremony that I was hosting, and that is a posh and plush hotel. It's really nice. It's sort of, there's an old bit in the middle, which is an ancient music venue in like a sort of a grade two listed building. Then there's all the new bits that have been extended onto it. They've got everything there. Really, really lovely venue. Huge amounts of parking, very safe, nice area, straight off the A road there, and you're in. Uh, just a wonderful venue, as is Gaiden the big sunday show as well so 
The Summer Jaguar Festival returns in 2024 to celebrate 40 years of the Jaguar Enthusiast Club, July the 26th to the 28th. If you want to come and make a full weekend of it, there's three nights stay in that four-star hotel, which is Chesford Grange. We've got breakfast for you. We've got the hog roast sorted for you. We've got a gala dinner thrown in there as well. Buffets. It's just, as James says, you'll be fed and watered till you can't take it anymore, and you'll have a fantastic time. You can find more details online right now. JEC dot org dot uk forward slash events and uh, bookings go live early in 2024 if it's not live when you visit the website uh, be patient and keep an eye on friday spotlight that email that we send you every friday will announce the tickets going on sale in there but it's going to be amazing let's make memories together for this one i know the club are going to throw out the stops and do an amazing weekend for everyone so be a part of it make it happen and you'll be talking about it for years and if you're not there you'll have to put up with everybody else talking about it for years and you won't know what they're all going on about so you might as well just come enjoy it and then you'll be able to have your own memories when everyone else is talking about it so don't miss out is the message and if you think that's exciting there's even more to come because JEC's track sport returns with another set of fixtures in 2024 gotta start with a really big venue for a track day so how about this for an idea how about being able to drive your jaguar on one of the most historic circuits in the country a circuit that brings back ideas and memories and the nostalgia of the golden era of motorsport a venue that jaguar has been a part of since the very first motor race there in 1948. Colin, in May, where are we going with JC Tracksport? Reveal it, please. Well, Wayne, after that tremendous build-up, I'm going to announce we are going to Goodwood. Goodwood? Goodwood. No! Yes. Can't believe it. It's exciting, this, isn't it? I'm really looking forward to Goodwood. I'm so excited about this. Um, when we sat down and talked about... 40th anniversary we had to find somewhere special to have a track sport event to celebrate the 40th anniversary it was good work that caught the imagination and you know, it's just the most iconic venue to hold you know a 40th anniversary party and i think it's just going to be a tremendous day we're working with our own ray ingman who uh, so involved with track sport and involved with the magazine he also is a, an arts instructor at Goodwood, and um, he's he's working with us um, behind the scenes to to make sure we're going to have an absolutely fantastic day. All our friends uh, are going to be there: uh, Swallows Racing, ADHT. And we're going to have the most incredible party on that track. So that's the big exciting start to the JEC track sport season for 2024. We're going to Goodwood, everyone. It's May the 14th. It's online now at jec.org.uk forward slash track sport. You can book it all through there. But please, please, please hurry up. If this is your thing, if you want to be there with us, tickets are already selling really fast. In fact, uh, I think we're going to be sold out probably by the end of February. So 
please do hurry up don't miss out on this one it's going to be an amazing uh, once in a lifetime type experience really we're going to have all sorts of opportunities for you to experience the track with some of the other drivers and to see some stunning examples of jaguars in that wonderful historic setting as well and ray you work at goodwood regularly don't you doing all sorts of different track events there is nothing like the magic of the very circuit that the Goodwood Revival takes place on and the ability to drive it yourself. Yeah, quite right, Wayne. I mean, I'm very pleased that many years ago, I sort of had an ambition to be a Goodwood instructor and kind of second to being sub-editor for you, of course. That uh, was realised and now Goodwood is my sponsor, Ard School, for being a chief instructor there. Even now, I still appreciate what a pleasure and an honour it is to drive around that place. Because, again, you don't get jaundiced about it. It's a quick and challenging circuit held exactly as it was in 1966. So for Classic Jaguars particularly, it's uh, exactly the right venue. But, uh, no, uh, you know, as Colin said, we're going to have a great time there. We've got an awful lot of things uh, bubbling up that are going to be in the, going on in the paddock and what have you. There's going to be photo opportunities, uh, track parades. It's just going to be fabulous. You've seen it on the TV, you've seen it at Revival, you've seen all of the stories in the magazines and books over the years of the likes of Hawthorne, Hill, Moss, Clark, Stewart and all the others that made Goodwood and that golden era of motorsport so very special. It's your chance now to drive the 2.4 miles of Goodwood and all you have to do is get booking online at jec.org.uk forward slash track sport and be there with us we'll even give you lunch if you like it's all thrown in just be there don't miss out on it it's going to be a phenomenal way to celebrate the start of the track sport season for the 40th anniversary year of the jaguar enthusiast club and Richard, it's going to be great, isn't it, to not only bring all the members together, uh, but bring all of our partners together as well. Um, SNG Barrett in particular have been hugely supportive, not only in our plans for 2024, but everything we've achieved through 2023 as well, haven't they? And Julian's a real fan of the club. He comes to loads of stuff that we put on. I have to say, one of my favourite memories from 2023 is having the opportunity of driving the xk120 that sng barrett used to test all of their parts on because all of the parts that they remanufacture have to go out and be road tested and shaken about to destruction they use an xk120 for this it's an x race car it's a real uh, beautiful uh, kind of rough and ready car that has all of the patina of stories to tell you know it's got everything going on i drove this at the bista heritage uh, driving experience day that we held back in april and i was having such a brilliant time sliding this xk120 all around the bista track there and then i looked in the rearview mirror and bearing down on me and overtaking me i have to add was julian barrett's very special edition 75th anniversary f-type and it came right up to me and went flying past me as if I was stood still. And I thought I was going quick in this XK120. <laughs> it was a phenomenal uh, experience. It's memories like that that these events are made on, aren't they? And uh, to have uh, Julian Barrett's uh, car there and uh, all of that support there, it just makes it all brilliant, doesn't it? 
Oh, it does. And uh, you're right about Julian. Underneath, he's a brilliant businessman doing remarkable things with the SNG Barrett Company, along with Matthew Say and Pete Stamp and all the others that make up that incredible business. But he's a real enthusiast and he commits a great deal of time, effort, and not inconsiderable sums of money to the club. And, you know, we should be grateful he's there because he's carrying that tradition forward. They're looking at introducing some amazing new parts and some amazing things to support the Jaguar brand because clearly as Jaguar moves forward as a modern company and its modern mod models come along, those of us who've got earlier cars need to make sure that they're kept on the road and Barrett's are doing a tremendous job along with others of making sure that that is supported. So our thanks to him, a nice Christmas message on the Barrett website as well, short and sharp from Julian, somebody I've grown to know and respect greatly in my experience with the club and somebody who I'm sure uh, will continue to benefit from and his work and his commitment as we move the Jaguar movement forward together. Brilliant stuff. JC Tracksport returns in 2024 with that Goodwood date we just mentioned back at Harewood Hill Climb, of course, as well, and also Castle Coombe towards the end of the year. Find out all the details at jc.org.uk forward slash tracksport. All of the events we've been discussing for 2024, including a return to Simply Jaguar, that wonderful partnership with the National Motor Museum at Bewley we were talking about earlier, and the Lucas Classic, they're all up online for you as well. And of course, we'll be releasing these podcasts. We're having a short break over Christmas and New Year, but we'll be back in January releasing a new podcast to you every fortnight Jaguar Enthusiast magazine will be back in the new year with a January issue packed full of amazing things we're out driving a Jaguar C-Type replica built by Realm well supplied by Realm actually built by the guy that we met whilst we were writing the article in fact he's been on this very podcast describing how he built that car that's in the January issue alongside loads of other great stuff from the world of Jaguar so uh, we'll see you in 2024 for another fantastic year of Jaguar fun both here in the UK and to our listeners much wider afield across the rest of the globe have a great Christmas and New Year we'll have a great 2024 together as well of course celebrating 40 years of the JEC and thanks to my guests James Blackwell the general manager of the Jaguar Enthusiast Club. Thank you, James. Thank you very much, Wayne, and everybody else. Richard West, commercials man here at the JEC. Thank you, Richard. Thank you indeed, Wayne, and a big shout-out also to all of our regional uh, ambassadors, all of our regional support staff, all of our volunteers, all of our people without whom we would not be able to run the club for our members as we do, and indeed enjoy the camaraderie and fun that we do with all of them on various occasions throughout the year. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Big congratulations to the regions for a fantastic programme in 2023. And check out all the details of everything they've got going on in your area of the world in 2024 via the JEC website. Colin Porter, you'll be busy man next year. Goodwood next to organise for you. But thanks for joining us. Thanks, Wayne. And uh, thanks to all our, our members who have supported Tracksport over the last year. And a, and a Merry Christmas to everyone. And sub-editor Ray, haven't you got some pages to correct? Um, <laughs> thanks for that one. already doing them for the sound of it, right? <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Ray, for all your help and support on Jaguar Enthusiast magazine. And uh, thank you, of course, for uh, risking your life teaching us all how to drive throughout 2023. And a, a big thanks uh, for uh, all of your hard work on track sport as well. Ray Ingman, sub editor Ray, everyone. Thank you very much. Pleasure, Wayne. See you next year for our great 40th year. 
Brilliant stuff. And of course from me, Wayne Scott, that rounds up another brilliant review of the year here on the Jaguar Enthusiast podcast. So from me, Wayne Scott, see you next time. See you. Bye. Well, that's all for this episode of the Jaguar Enthusiast podcast. Do keep in touch with us, though, and let us know about your own Jaguar stories via the contact form at jcpodcast.com, where you can also sign up to receive new episodes of this podcast automatically for free by subscribing via your favourite podcast provider. We're on them all. Google, Apple, Spotify, pick which one works for you. You can also join the Jaguar Enthusiast Club online by clicking the Join Now button on the top right-hand side of the podcast page at jcpodcast.com. When you join, you'll also get our big, chunky, glossy, lovely 180-page monthly magazine. It's all included in your membership of the worldwide Jaguar family that is the Jaguar Enthusiast Club. This is the Jaguar Enthusiasts Podcast. Subscribe for new episodes at jecpodcast.com.